great to have you here in person and those joining us online. Fantastic to have you this morning. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. We were having a little bit of a discussion before the service started. It's like, okay, is today Thanksgiving or is Monday Thanksgiving? And the consensus was that Monday is Thanksgiving. But today we're going to give thanks because today's Thanksgiving Sunday and I've got lots of food expected tonight. My wife even made a pie, so I am super excited. I love pie. Just saying. So yeah, and so excited about that. And so in keeping with the spirit of thanksgiving and thankfulness, I just want to expend my, extend my thanks to so many people for so many things. Like, I think of our worship team that, that comes week after week, and they're here early, and they set things up, and they bring us into to the presence of God in worship, and I'm so thankful for them for doing that. I'm thankf- thankful for our production team that make this all possible, and things that are happening behind the scenes to make this possible, that we can be in person and live on, on the internet, live stream. I just love the fact that we can do that. That's a win all the way around. I'm thankful for our hosts and those that serve and those that clean to provide a safe place for us to gather this morning and just so many people that I'm so thankful for. As we mentioned a few weeks ago, as we've, we've looked at this, we've been uh, letting you know that we're taking up a love offering in keeping with thanksgiving and giving and generosity. There, there's a church, it's called Sun Life Community Church over in Dartmouth, and we've had a bit of a relationship and a partnership there with them for, for a few years now. And in this COVID season, in this time of sometimes financial strain and different things and We just really wanted to be able to bless them and to be able to support that ministry here in our city and that ongoing. So there is that special offering that's being done over the weekend. And uh, so you can, if you want to give to that, that's through, uh, you can do it online through our website. And when you go to put in the amount just below it, there's a drop down menu. And if you want to give to that, it just says love offering. Um, If you're going to email that, that gift, you can do that through e-transfer and just in the comment section or in the whatever it's called. There's a place there where you can put it, but just put love offering in there and that'll get designated. If you happen to be here and you want to do it in person uh, through the giving envelope, you can also put love offering there. So that's just a way to be able to support them and be a blessing. It's like, it's so good to be part of a generous church. It's so good to be a part of a church that, that gives even in times when we could be tempted to shrink back but we're not people that shrink back. So we just love the expression of that. And thank you, Faith City Church, for continuing to be generous and faithful in so many things. Let me ask you a question. Who are you, really? Like, who are you? There's, there's, that's, sometimes that's an easy question to answer. Sometimes it's not so easy to answer. Sometimes there's parts of it that are more difficult to pinpoint, especially depending on the season that we're in. You know, there's so much wrapped up in our identity, so much wrapped up in, in who we are and how people see us and how they say we are. So there's many ways to respond. When you think about meeting someone in a social context, like maybe you came in this today and you were in the lobby and at a social distance you saw somebody and you, but you, you started, usually we start with your name, right? So hi, my name is Glenn. But then, interesting, the next question is usually, where are you from, right? And so we get that. That's a sense of trying to identify who they are. And then, usually, the next follow-up question is, so what do you do? And so it's funny how we use that to kind of identify people. And, And even sometimes what we do becomes a bit of a title, 
So it could be something like Mayor Savage or Dr. Strang or Reverend Kosla, who doesn't have to be here today, but he's, he's not goofing off. No, he's actually, he's actually speaking in Truro. Paul is a part of our lead team here, and he's actually speaking in Truro and being a blessing there. He's able to go and speak for a pastor or one of our churches there. But we, we, put, we start to put, you know, titles and so on with our names to be able to identify someone or something. It, it, it's what makes a person distinct, right? It's what sets people apart. And, and that's valid. It's important. But there's more to it than that. There's more to it than just a name or where you're from. Now, Pastor Paul, last week, he began talking about a value, and he used the toy car as an example. And if you missed that, you can still catch that online if you want to watch that. But he started with this car, and he, and he des- described things that make a car a car. Like, it, it wasn't a truck. It wasn't an airplane. It wasn't a train. It was a car. And so he started to unwrap some of the things that make a car a car. Well, then he connected that or related it to a church. So a church, there's certain things that make the church the church. And those are something that we consider core beliefs, things that we believe, the deity of Christ, the power or the authority of his word, prayer, believing, salvation, things that are important to and, and core to being a church, just like certain things are core to being a car. But then we started to talk about, or he went on to talk about values and how values are something that makes certain churches distinct because there's different emphasis depending on the church. So there's unity in the core beliefs and diversity in the core values because it sets it apart as a description of different things and makes them distinct. Well, today, we're continuing with the idea of developing our values. And we, t- we talked about how the vision sets a picture of, of where we're going and what we're believing for. And it starts to, to give us a destination, so to speak. And then we looked at our mission. And our mission is kind of like the map to how we get there. It helps us to know it takes it from just being a pie-in-the-sky picture to actually having a mapped-out journey and how to get to. And then we started with values. And values begin to help us to define the vehicle or what it's, how we're actually going to implement those things to see the vision become a reality. And that's exciting to be able to, to travel that. So last week's value that we unpacked was all people, all ways. All people, all ways. And it was, it was this idea, or it spoke to this idea of, inclusion, of including people. All people matter. We, and seeing people through the lens of their value in God, that God values people and we should value people. And, and through that, Paul made the point that in Christ, all people are invited. All people are welcomed. All people are brought in. And that's, that's, that's incredibly powerful, that thought of, of everyone, no matter who they are, no matter what they come from, no matter where they're born, no matter what they look like, all are invited. There's a, there's a saying that the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And you know, like when we say there's a saying, that means we don't know who actually said it. So we just say there's a saying and then we say, okay, so it's a permission to use it. But the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Now it's actually meant to be a word picture, if you like, of how before Christ, 
We are equal. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But through Christ, we have salvation. And that, that salvation, the sacrifice he made, was for everyone, irrespective of who they are and where they're from or what they've done. In Christ, we have this, this leveling, this, this at the foot of the cross to where we're all equal before God, all people, always. Now, the value I want to unpack and, and dive into today is this idea of being Christ-centered, being Christ-centered. So we, it, we describe it like this. We are Christians first. Okay, we are Christians first. All other influences and our humanity submit to Jesus Christ because our identity is found in him. We are Christians first. All other influences and our humanity submit to Jesus Christ because our identity is found in him. That, that's a value. That's something that we cherish. And as, as I unpack that today, I feel like there's going to be some people that this is going to help. So let's look at a scripture with that in mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 in the New International Version. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And it says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Or, or another way to translate that is that person is a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... That person is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. So to be in Christ is to be a new creation. It's, it's like a spiritual reset. There's a fundamental shift from being self-centered to Christ-centered. And it affects who we are and how we operate and how we interact with other people. There's, there's a shift. If you think about it, maybe it's been a while since you've turned your phone off and back on and it's getting glitchy. Right? And things, certain things aren't loading and you missed calls. And, and at times, you, you've got to shut it off and turn it back on to reset it to the manufacturer's standards. And if we think of that with this, this idea of being Christ-centered, it's the same way. We, sometimes we get a little off and this is a way to reset back to the original manufacturer's specifications with Christ at the center. And it affects who we are. It affects how we in, interact with other people. And it really helps us to answer the question, who are you really? Who are you really? As I say, it's a good question. I want us to also look at Philippians. It's another scripture, Philippians chapter 2. And uh, Paul is writing to the church there. And I'm going to be reading verses 9 to 11, but... It starts in verse, verse 6 through 8. There's, it, it's the first half of this, and it's probably an old hymn. Like, or, um, like when I say old, I mean like one of the first. Like it's probably a hymn or a creed or a doxology. And that's why if you look in when it's written, it's, it's kind of indented and it's written kind of like poetry. It's, so it's this sense of it's, it could be a hymn or whatever. But in the first half of that, verses 6 through 8, it starts to talk about the deity of Christ and how he, he left his throne in heaven and became a human, became a person, and humbled himself, even to the point where he would, he would 
offer up his life on the cross, and that's a horrible way to die. And then verse 9, I want to pick it up in verse 9, and it says this. It says, therefore. Okay, that therefore, what's that therefore? Well, that's therefore because he humbled himself, because he was willing to be obedient to God, because of, of, of that. It says that God exalted him to the highest place in verse 9. He exalted him above everything and gave him the name that is above every name. Bar none, every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. To the highest place, nothing above him. The highest place, heaven and earth. All other influences, all other factors, everything else coming under the subjection of Jesus Christ as Lord of all. No other name. It speaks to the primacy of Christ. It speaks to him in his proper place. It speaks to him and who he is and his role in our lives as the factory reset, the way that it was originally supposed to be. We are Christians first. All other influences in our humanity submit to Jesus Christ because our identity is found in him. In him. And in a day and age when our identity is attacked on a daily basis and, and there's different aspects of who we are that is undermined in so many different ways. It could be our childhood. It could be at work. It could be in our relationship. There's so many things that chip away at that. Our identity is found in him. Galatians 3.28, again, Paul writing to the church in, in Galatia, and he says there's in chapter 3, verse 28 of Galatians, He says, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, but for you you are all one in Christ Jesus. What we realize there as we look at something like this, being a Christian supersedes politics. Being a Christian, it supersedes status, it supersedes nationality, it supersedes gender, it supersedes denomination, it supersedes age, it supersedes ability, it supersedes our past, it speaks to our future. As Christians, it just it's above all the primacy of God in Christ. We are foremost we are first and foremost in him as Christians. And it changes everything. In Christ, our identity is in him. And that's a powerful thing to realize. The Apostle Paul, he talks about being in Christ so much in his letters to the different churches that he was a part of, whether it be in Galatia or Ephesus or Corinth. There was two or three letters he wrote to them. In all of these letters, he references and begins to explain and pull out things about what it is to be in Christ and the importance of it. I think he was really trying to get something across to people. There was things that he was really trying to emphasize. That This was one of them for folks to understand that in Christ, it affects who we are. It affects what we do. It's a powerful, powerful thing. It's a major point of convergence for our spiritual development when we find that identity. I want us to look at, at Paul's letter to the Ephesians. I'm going to pull that one out because it's such a comprehensive statement of what it is to be in Christ and, and he writes this out beautifully in the first chapter of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. There's this incredible treatise almost, if you would, of what it is to be in Christ. And we're going to read that together. And I want to encourage you to be 
as I read through this, and like this is this is under the NIV, but just take note of how many times it says in Christ or in Him or or in the you know all these different things about in Christ. So I'll start at chapter one, verse one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. So it starts right out with identity. Hi, I'm Paul. I'm an apostle of Christ. <laughs> it's like right here. So, it, it, so he was, sometimes he had to de- defend, his, defend his identity, but here is he's stating it right out. And he says, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, identity in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to try not to read this too fast, but I get excited and my mouth starts running quick. So it's like, hopefully your ears can keep up. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoptions to sonship through Christ Jesus, in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves, in Jesus. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he's lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth and under, all under Christ. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is in Lord, his, his place of primacy. Verse 11, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of of his glory, to the praise of his glory. It's jam-packed with identity. It's jam-packed with hope. It's jam-packed with who we are in Christ. I encourage you, take some time this week. Don't just take my word for it. Take out your Bible or your app and go to Ephesians chapter 1 and just start to read that and, and, and recognize in him, in Christ, in, in the Lord, and begin to, to let that speak to you and what it says about you, because it, it tells us that, that in him, in Christ, you are blessed. In Christ, you are chosen. In, in him, you are to be holy and blameless. In him, you are redeemed. You are forgiven. You are, you are an overcomer. You are adopted. In him, you are adopted. In him, you are included Marked with a seal, you have an inheritance. You are God's possession in him, in Christ. It's okay if I get a little excited, right? 
You guys online, I know you guys are like, you are jumping up and down in your living room right now. You're going, yes, in him. In him. They're doing that here, but just inside. Okay, so it's just very, very, it's just inside, very reserved. Jesus is our point of reference. He becomes that, that stability. He come, becomes that firm foundation, even as we've already sung about this morning. In him, we have that, that confidence. And I believe there's a security in that. There's a security that, that, that gives us a grounding and a point of reference and a place to, to really go to when everything else seems to be questioned. Because I believe there is really something in our makeup. There's something in, in who we are that is never fully discovered until we find our identity in Christ and with Christ. It, it's more important than our title. It's more important that, that we're, than where we're from. It's more important than what we do. It's more important than how we look. All that stuff, I mean, it affects who we are. It affects the process. But ultimately, who we are is who God created us to be. God, the creator, he has the final say in who we are. We have, you know, it's like we have identity. We have purpose in Christ because God has put it there on purpose. Now, what that means to us as a value, when we think about that in the life of the church, when we think about that as Christians, as believers, is that as we're called to put Jesus first and keep Jesus first in our lives, in our ministries, in our decisions, in our dealings with others, it will affect how we interact with each other and how we will see ourselves. Christ is the center and all else flows out of that. And, and, and we talk about that and we say that and it's like, it's true, but it's, sometimes very subtle how things change, how things are kind of deviate from that, how like our phone, all of a sudden something's not quite loading or it's, you know, we're starting to freeze up a little. Christ is the center and all else flows out of that. So it establishes the bedrock of who we are and what we do. And we need that in these days. Paul Pastor Paul, last, not Paul the Apostle, Paul the Pastor, last week he, he mentioned how all people always, and, and even how that confronts racism because the recognition of the value that God places on all people, like I said at the foot of the cross, it's like the, is, is equal. Like the, to look at someone and devalue them because they're different than us is just so not scriptural. It's so not in the gospel. So it confronts it at that level. So, so being Christ first, the value that we're talking about today, engages how we see and treat others as well. See, it shifts our priorities. It requires us to submit to all things to the primacy of Christ, even some things that may be very precious to us in certain moments. <clears throat> being Christ first... moves things to a certain perspective. So speaking personally, it allows me to adjust some priorities and see things in a certain way when it comes to who I am. And it allows me to, to order my life around that. I don't, I don't build my life 
on being from Canada. I don't build my life on being white, being male, being Pentecostal. That's not the foundation for who I am. This value helps me to realize that I am a Christian first. I am a Christ follower first. I just happen to be male, happen to be white, happen to be from Canada, happen to be Pentecostal. But first and foremost, I am a Christian. And if at some point, this is where the rubber meets the road, if at some point my being Canadian, my being male, my being white, my being even being Pentecostal somehow interferes with the place of Christ in my life and how the, I interact with other people, then it needs to submit to the fact that I'm a Christian first. It comes under that. And when we get that right, it's an incredible shift that happens in the dynamic of how we interact with each other, how we interact with your spouse, with, with, with the, your neighbor, the one that you really like on this side, and even the one that you not quite so much on this side. And you begin to look at it through the, the lens of Christ first and how we affect each other. And then we begin to see how this as a value has transformative power as we recognize that with Christ in the center, with him as the supreme place, the effect of that affects everything else. And when we get it moved, and it's like it happens so easy. It happens so easy for, something, for, for God to get nudged off of that. For Jesus to, to lose that, that top place. Yeah, he's in the top 10. Right? Jesus, you know, it's like he's there. Like he's, he's high on the list. And that's, that's, that's good. It's just not according to the way it's described here. Let's ask the team to come back. As we continue just to, to focus on Christ first. Uh, get the, the, that value to be back up on the screen there for a second. I want us to look at that one more time. We are Christians first. All other influences, all other influences and our humanity submit to Jesus Christ because our identity is found in him. In him. We've got to have some place to start, folks. We've got to have that point to we, that we go from. If you're here today and you recognize that you re you've removed Jesus from his rightful place, somehow he's been crowded out, so to speak. You know, it wasn't a blatant, no, Jesus, I don't want you to be Lord of my life anymore. It's more a bit of a crowding, and eventually we kind of see things shift a little bit. I want to encourage you right now, to humbly, prayerfully, intentionally make it right. Maybe you've allowed position, success, what you do, that become your identity. And because of that, you've shoved Jesus off the throne and put your success there instead. Can I encourage you today that just to humble yourselves and, and give it to Jesus and just say, God, help me to put you back in your rightful place. Maybe you've allowed fear, doubt, the stress of this COVID season, the uncertainty to, to begin to cloud your judgments, begin to cloud your faith, and you've seen that diminish, and you've put 
your fear of the future as a greater influence in your life than Jesus and, and what he's doing in the moment. Can I encourage you, put your trust in him. Allow him to remain that foundation. Bring him back into that place where things get in the right perspective because we begin to see all those things, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships, whatever it is, all in that same place of, of God being over it and everything else seems to come into focus. Maybe, maybe you've allowed things that make you unique things that that you actually pretty are pretty proud of and cherish certain maybe certain gifts or certain things about you that it's like people go you know that's how they recognize you and that's okay it makes us unique and we are all unique some more unique than others my wife says amen but the point is is like when we allow that to become a higher priority and a higher value than being identified in Christ then we shift away from being sensitive to those other people around us. Because what we have in common in Christ binds us together. What we see as unique, and I'm better at this than you are, actually becomes divisive. And it's not to diminish the gifts, but it's to recognize Christ at the center. So let's determine, determine in our hearts in our minds, in our spirits, to be Christians first and allow that to bring reconciliation and healing and repentance in all our dealings with all people. Let's, let's try to get that right. And maybe you're here today and you're watching this or you're here in this room, maybe you're a guest and, and you're a part of this. And, and you, when you think about you know, who is Jesus and what place does he have in your life and, and is he at the center? It's like if you were to answer that, it's like, well, no, he's actually more on the periphery somewhere. hes I know he's out there in the crowd. I'm not sure what place he has, but no, I would not say that Jesus is the center of my life. thats thats I wouldn't describe it that way. But you're recognizing that because he's not, your identity is like being a being eroded you don't know who you are you don't know how you like there's so many questions there's so much uncertainty there's so much anxiety around who you are and what you stand for and, and how you face those things and you recognize no today man if there's a way if there's a way for me to find my identity in something that's that's that I can put my hope in something that never fails something that's real I want to do that today if that's you then I encourage you today you can put Jesus at the center. It's a choice we've all made and can make that we say, no, I'm going to make Jesus Lord of my life. I'm going to shift my priorities. I'm going to change what I make my foundation and it's going to be him. And we can do that with a prayer. It's as simple as saying, Jesus, I recognize my need of you. Jesus, I recognize that, that uh, my foundation is shaky. I, it's like, and if you're your own foundation, it's like that's not a stable place to be. But Jesus, today, I want to make you my foundation. I want to make you, I want to put you above everything in my life. And you can do that with a prayer and ask Jesus in, and he will accept you, and he will put you on that place and give you that reference point, that anchor, in a time when everything is changing. So I encourage you to do that in a prayer. And if you could let us know that you're doing that or have done that, you can do that through our website, Faith Next Steps, and, and go in there and, 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 and let us know. And we just want to pray with you and walk with you. You know, I think we should pray. We're about to do a song called Come to the Altar. 
And, and, in, and, and in the context of the Old Testament especially, the altar was a place to do business with God and it was a place to, to meet with Him and to connect with Him and allow Him to get things right in our lives. It was a place of sacrifice and leaving things there and putting God first. Now, we don't have altars where we burn sacrifices in, in our New Testament walk with God. We have Jesus. But symbolically, I think there's, there's something that we can do to kind of leave something with Jesus. We, we together are where Jesus, where the Spirit gathers. And we do that, we're doing that now. Jesus is in our midst. But I encourage even as we, as we sing this song, that we would come to the altar and say, God, I meet with you here. Can we stand together? I just wanna pray with you. God, we thank you, Lord, that we don't have to, to go to a temple we don't have to burn something, Lord, to come into your presence and to meet with you. So God, I just thank you that even each, each of us, whether we're right now online, watching this from, from wherever across the world, that, that you, God, we can meet with you there. That Lord, as we gather here in person, Lord, you are in our midst and Lord, we can come to you and meet you there. So God, I pray that in this moment, in this moment, as we, as we sing this song, as we pray together, Lord, you will be doing a reset in us spiritually. God, that we would bring you back to the center, that we would find security in that, that we would find hope in that, we would find healing in that, we would find redemption in that, forgiveness of sin, that we would find adoption as sons and daughters, God. And we thank you that you've made a way for that to happen. And we just claim that right now. We, I speak that over everyone within the sound of my voice, that Lord, you are God, that Jesus is the name above every name. And when we come to you, we find acceptance, we, we find hope and we find healing. Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, if there's anyone online that doesn't know you and this has touched them in some way and they're reaching out to you, Jesus, that you would meet them there, you would transform their lives and may they never be the same in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the name above every name, the name of Jesus, amen. Let's worship him together.